Are you someone that struggles with dyslexia? Or maybe you work with someone who does. Or maybe it's looking like your child has the condition. It's interesting to note that one in five people have dyslexia, but it continues to be misunderstood. Being dyslexic doesn't make the person stupid. However, when society tells you that you are over and over again throughout your schooling and work life, you can't help but believe it. The truth is, people with dyslexia see the world differently. Yes, they may struggle to read and write, but their varied, outside-the-box way of thinking actually presents many more opportunities than restrictions. Today, I'm chatting with Yogita Richley from Traveling With Me, Myself and I on the topic. As a confident woman and successful business owner, she's living proof of what can be achieved when neurodiversity is embraced. Our conversation completely opened my mind on dyslexia, and I'm sure it will have a similar impact on you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Marketing and Me podcast. If you're eager to grow your health and wellness business via effective marketing methods while maintaining your own health and wellness, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Leanne Shelton, and I help business owners just like you overcome their fear of failure and find the courage within to step up, show up, and make an impact on the world, while also living a lucrative life and reaching their full potential. And I do this through strategic marketing advice and engaging conversational copywriting at Right Time Marketing. So feel free to book in a free 15-minute chat with me after listening to today's episode. The details are in the show notes. And today, I'm joined by my guest, Yogita Ridgely. Welcome, Yogita. Hi. Thank you for having me, Leanne. This is so exciting. Yes, I'm very excited. So we we met each other through, um, it was a Speakers Institute, wasn't it, Um, conference. Absolutely, yes. yes. We, we we matched over a glass of champagne and I I loved your passion and your your stories and I was like, I need to know this woman. <laughs> so that was a couple of years ago now for sure, yeah. Yeah, and it was mutual. I was like, oh, another writer. I'm always excited to meet people, uh, you know, meet people just like me and like you get where I'm working from. And, <laughs> um, yeah, that's awesome. So just to give everyone a little bit of an overview of who you are, I'll just read out your your bio. So Yogita is a successful businesswoman, CEO and founder of Traveling With Me, Myself and I, which offers personal and business development services. She wears a few different hats. Yogita is a solo travel specialist, personal development strategist, award-winning international speaker and also an author and blogger with over a decade of solo traveling experience on top of all that. She was featured by one of the Australian magazines as a female change maker, change maker, change maker, um, finalist of an innovative business award and leadership award too. She's an advocate for mental health and well-being and dyslexia awareness. Yagita's mission is to get every woman to play the role of me without mask or pretense. And her vision is helping women to unleash the power of the authentic self through personal development. I love that. I just want to delve into that a little bit more. Like, what do you mean by playing the role of me without mask or pretense? Very good question, actually. 
we all spend so many hours in a in a day doing everything for everybody else and we don't get time to spend on ourselves and when I say time to spend on ourselves I don't mean like you know getting your hair cut getting your nails done getting your facial massage all those things I'm actually talking about really getting to know who you are in terms of what makes you happy what makes you sad what makes you tick what puts the fire in your belly what makes you wake up in the morning and because we spend so much time being a mother obviously very important part of our our responsibilities and we love it very much but if we don't spend time on being you being me I'm not going to be a good mother I'm not going to be a good wife I'm not going to be a good daughter I'm not going to be a good business owner or or anything for that matter any role that you um, play in your life so this whole concept is taking all the other hats off and start with wearing just one hat which is just you and the more time you spend on yourself with yourself by yourself the more you get to know what makes you you and then you after that you can then go ahead and play other roles without any pretenses so you know you you don't try to fit in people you surround yourself are people like yourself and they love you for who you are you don't have to pretend to be anybody else so that is my story <laughs> as well as now what I teach as well I love that and we actually had a, a recent episode with Sarah Irwin and it was all about yeah putting me first so definitely yeah go tune into that episode as well very similar theme um with where you know putting on the oxygen mask first because if you don't look after yourself uh, and you keep putting others first thinking you're helping them, you're actually, you're going to burn out and that's just going to make a massive impact on everyone around you, a uh, detrimental impact. So put inside that time to focus on you for at least a little bit to make sure you're okay will actually help others in the long run. So I just wanted to add that in there. Um, yes, but yeah, something I really agree with. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. We, with this um, the concept of putting you know making sure that you put your mask on first before you can help everybody else I just go a little bit deeper and really getting to know you like you said um you know you spent two days away just by yourself that was just a total different experience in terms of yes it was a little bit selfish but at the same time was it you know because when you come back home you're a lot more attentive you you have achieved so much more because you have given yourself some time away from all the chaos all the other hats that you wear all the other responsibilities that you have but just spending some time on on you just you just getting to know you that inner connection so yes absolutely a very very important topic for every woman and men but mainly women because we don't allow ourselves that space Oh, yeah, I, I agree with that. And I've always said, you know, with my identity, who am I? I'm like, I don't just want to get married and then just be a wife. I don't want to, you know, have kids and then just be a mum. I've always said I want to, I'm still me. Like I'm not going to give away all those other aspects of me. So the the business owner, I'm like I want to be a business owner. I am. Now that's definitely something I identify myself with. And I actually yes. felt, uh, I think I mentioned this in the previous episode, uh, I gave myself a week off over the break, uh, Christmas New break, and I actually was feeling really low because I wasn't doing any work, which gives me such a sense of identity and purpose. And I basically taken that away from myself, thinking it was forcing me to relax. 
but it was actually, you know, it wasn't serving me. I was like, I, I just feel like I'm, I've lost a sense of who I am. I've just become a full-time, 100% mum and no one else or cleaner or whatever. And yeah. so when I just even said, I'm going to spend half an hour just doing a little bit of work here, it's amazing yes. the difference it made for me just um, so, yeah, not always is taking complete time off actually a good thing, <laughs> especially yes, when you do no, what you love, you know, in your business. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's what they say, isn't it? If you do what you love and love what you do, you don't need to have holiday from that. Like every day is a holiday because we work certain hours, like we go hard out 100%. Then we play certain hours, we go hard out 100%. So there is a really nice boundary and balance to what we do and once you achieve that you don't need to escape from your life to have a break from it yeah. so that is, yeah yeah and look my yeah my little getaway was purely to be able to focus properly on my business and everything like that so it wasn't a form of escapism it was just a form of focus so you know um I, I love all this stuff so could you just share a little bit more about your business journey that's obviously you've got a lot of things there in the bio uh what's yes. brought you to where you are today yeah, absolutely. I would love to. So my business is traveling with me, myself and I. And the main main point of my business we've already kind of touched on is getting women to get away from their lives. So basically, like what you said, getting away from um, your daily routine to get focus. And that focus really kind of empowers you for next 12 weeks or next um, six months or next 12 months, depending on how, um, you know, how much you spend away from it all. So my business traveling with me, myself and I does two things. It does, um, actually it does one thing, which is, uh, personal development, but with personal development, I do travel and I do mindset. So travel, I have got two things under travel umbrella. And one of the things is like a a business retreat and personal retreat. And the other one is a group travel. In the group travel, what I do is it goes hand in hand, if you can imagine like a coin. So head and tail together makes one coin. So we have business development and most women who do have businesses, they only invest in everything to do with business. They never invest in anything to do with the personal growth. And the personal growth for me holds the most power in how your business um, succeeds, how your business um, face challenges and how your business actually comes up with new innovative ideas to, um, you know, like, for example, 2020 has been a, a a year of where we really had to dig deep and see what will we can do with our businesses and our mindsets and our personal um, growth was really challenged. What to do next, how to, you know, how to keep going, whether so many people shut doors because they didn't really or couldn't really see the light at the end of the tunnel. So for my business, it really actually teaches you both. So, you know, mainly on the personal side. So personal development is very, very big on what I teach. And when I take the group of girls on different tours to normally countries that um, they don't want to travel by themselves. So it's like, for example, there is a language barrier, say, for example, I take a lot of women to India, to Egypt, to Italy. Um, So language barriers, they don't want to go and do it themselves. So they come along with me. But in the group, you have got assignments where you actually are 
um, you know, encouraged to go along and do things on your own, um, which is out of your comfort zone. And then we also do things together, which is um, as, you know, as our hobbies. So we kind of like each person that signs up, I do a really thorough one-to-one consultation first to figure out if you are the right person for this tour or not. For example, when we did the Italy tour, it was a lot of cooking classes and eating classes. So it was for a group of women who loved doing just that. You know, they they just um, wanted something that was really authentic. They wanted something that they hadn't experienced before. And they food when we go to places where they have cooked in certain way for 300 years, you know, and things come straight from the farm and the, and the produce comes straight off the paddock, straight on your um, pots and pans. It was just amazing experience. And we don't get to do that on our chaotic lives. You know, we, we do cook at home every day, but we don't have that experience, the joy of cooking and eating. And then, you know, Nana's stories are just another level of, uh, you know, experiences that we get. So that's what I do in terms of my business. And the, the reason I'm so passionate about this is that I find that when we give ourselves time, especially women, when we allow ourselves time to, um, you know, nurture our mind, nurture our bodies, nurture our souls and our hearts as well with these different experiences, when we come back, we inspire our children. Like we are different people. Most of the women that should go away on my trips and retreats the, when they leave, they are someone else than when they come back. So that transformation in them is just priceless. It's just beautiful to see. And, you know, when they come back, they can't wait to sign up for the next one. Um, and that is something that, you know, it just goes to show that they didn't realize how powerful it is. So there's like million and one ways of traveling. And, you know, we travel with families, we travel with girlfriends, we travel with parents, we travel with kids. We travel with couples, but the solo travel has got a total different level of depth where your personal growth kicks in because you now have to think, oh, do I want to go eat this? You know, you you don't just go with the flow. You have to make a choice. You have to make a decision. Normally, one of the powerful members of the family will make all the decision and you just follow. But now you have to decide, do I want to do this tour? Do I want to, you know, go wine tasting? Do I want to go climb that mountain? I have to make this decision. And that is really great because now you get to decide, what do I really like doing? Do I like shopping? Do I like eating? Do I like climbing? Do I like walking? You know, oh, do I like to just sightsee, arts, music, drama, whatever it is. Then you start to have that feeling that starts to kind of blossom inside you you know that might have been there ever since you were born because we all have this but it kind of gets suppressed as we get older because there's other responsibilities that is required of us so we kind of miss you know through over the time we kind of like forget that we have them so we don't even have time to miss it so to speak so this kind of like reunites that fire within you, you know, again, the same question going back to who am I spending time with yourself, getting to really know who you are. So that's what my business is. And like, you know, we said before, if you actually love what you do and do what you love, it's not really work. So, you know, people say to me, 
oh, that's amazing. I want to do that business. But everyone, I mean, many people do it. Like there's lots of other businesses who do similar things to what I do. But I do it my way from my life experience. You know, so when you come along with me, you get a bit of me in the package as well. (laughs) So, yes. I love it. It's very much like an eat, pray, love type of thing. um, It is, yes. And, and yeah, I had to laugh um, when you were saying about someone else taking control and choosing what you do because whenever I do go on holidays, I mean, it usually is at least with my husband and whoever else, I, I go into what I call holiday mode. So when I'm at home, it's usually as a mom, you know, I've got to take charge and whatever. Otherwise, I go to holiday mode. Go, yeah, you just decide. Where should we go? Oh, my brain's just switched off from making decisions. You just decide. <laughs> and but yeah, but then you don't always end up doing the things you really want to do. Yes, Except there is um there is one holiday where we went with my uh, my husband's side of the family for my mother in law's uh, 60th birthday. We went to Hamilton Island as a family, and um, she really wanted to do this glass island boat thing. And we had a two-year-old at the time and I can get a bit nauseous on boats. So I straight away said a hard no. I'm not going to do it. I know you were the whole family, but running after a toddler, I'm just going to feel unwell. Just no. And my husband was totally like, yep, yeah, cool. I know what you're like. I'm, I can also get queasy. Let's say no. And yes. the day they went out, it was the choppiest day. It was windy, the water. They were all sick and they come back and I'm like, I made the right decision. I'm so uh, yes, glad. you did. <laughs> yes, but, you know, you apart did. From, it's important. <laughs> but apart from that, you know, I do go into this someone else beside it. So when I, I do love this concept of going on your own and not being drawn one way or the other from the group, like the group wants to do this, you go, oh, just tag along or feeling kind of manipulated or encouraged or convinced to do something. Yes. They're like, oh, well, I don't, wouldn't normally do it, but hey, I'm on holiday and I, they want to do it, so I'll, I'll help them out. So yeah. I love that of going, yes, actually, I just want to do a cooking holiday or like I'm not a massive <laughs> shopper overseas because I'm like, yeah, I can do shopping anywhere. I prefer to see the sites. Um, yes. So, yeah, I really love that concept. It's very cool. So I'll have to, I'll have to book in some little solo trips apart from business planning ones. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Ones. Absolutely. You You'd be surprised to actually know a lot of women they don't pick to go on shopping trips when when we do get there like they their intentions there but then all of a sudden they find that when they shop at home it's because they're bored it's and you know that they're, they're bored and they're just trying to do the self-love thing which is very western concept of self-love go spend money on yourself you know sort of thing but when we get to these different um uh, places they're all of a sudden shopping's just totally gone out it's not on the agenda they have got no intention of going into any shops so to speak so it is yeah it is a big transformation in, in that sense um and uh, you know they're, they're the ones who just go oh I bought two suitcases and one's going home empty <laughs> yeah I, lo- I love it. Yeah. It, it maybe no one's ever realized until they've had one of these trips and go oh actually Shopping's on the table, but I really don't want to do it. I prefer to go yeah. skydiving. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's so me. many beautiful <laughs> things to do. So you know, it's like sky's the limit, really. What you want to do when we when you get to a different location, like in yeah. Italy, we were we had the privilege of walking through the Colosseum at night, which is normally not an option. But we were very lucky because of one of the beautiful tour guides that I knew, and that was an absolute privilege and everyone that were booked in to go do a shopping trip with um ending up with dinner and wine they all changed their mind to come to Colosseum even though we'd been during the day 
they wanted the experience at night. So, you know, the, those things that, that you just, yeah, you, you, you all of a sudden find that that is not your passion anymore, even though you think shopping makes me alive, shopping makes me feel good. It is like the more you dig deep and find why, then all of a sudden you find most of the reason, most of the women, their why is because they're bored. They feel like they feel empty inside, so they fill it up with shopping. Yes. And normally when you buy a new shoe, you feel great for a couple of minutes, you know, maybe a couple of days or, or whatever. And then it just sits in the cupboard with no meaning or no no value to your life anymore. I know, so, yeah. True. But, yeah, yeah. so but like for you personally, so you can tell that uh, you're a very confident woman. You obviously know who you are and your identity. And I do want to now go into about uh, you having dyslexia because, yeah. you know, it's um, – and you're representing, you know, the, the building awareness around it. Because I guess it's something that many people in the population may have and it holds them back from being who they really want to be. They're scared of being found out. Uh, I've heard of stories like that, um, like from the workforce and things like that. Um, but, yeah, I want to ask you, for, as someone with dyslexia, you know, apparently like 20% of the population has it, uh, could you just explain what that actually means uh, like and how do you know that you have it? Yeah, so dyslexia is uh, one in five people have it. Um, there is a different uh, versions of it, versions or levels of it, so to speak. So it's mild, which is you would just have challenges with, um, you know, like putting your a, uh, B's and D's threes and e's and all that sort of stuff in a flip way or mirror form so to speak you'll have challenges with um reading um, and then there's like a middle version of it as well so it's a mixture of different things that you'll have challenges with and then there is a really like extreme version so in um in general dyslexia means you really struggle with your reading your writing and your spelling. Um, spelling is a big one because we actually don't, our brain doesn't actually put like A, B, C, D together. It kind of like mumbles it all up. So we have this, uh, you probably would have had that, you know, most dyslexic people will say they see um, a, a page full of letters just dancing, like alphabets just flying around. And that's literally what our brain sees. Like when we see something, that's what we actually see. Um, and when I started school, I remember around uh, about age of five, six, seven, you know, you kind of like just learn them. You don't write so much. But when you start reading and writing, you start to really have this, um, you know, challenge of putting sounds together. And um, a lot of people, like for me, I thought everybody saw what I was looking at, like what my I saw, my brain saw, but it wasn't the case because they would stand up and read effortlessly. You know, they will stand up and spell effortlessly. And it doesn't matter how hard I would try, I still would not be able to get it. So what it is is like in, in general sense, say, for example, our brain processes like a normal brain processes information between one and two, so it travels in that distance. With dyslexia, it is further apart, so it takes that longer, that much longer to process that information. So it is slow process. So even though we have these challenges, we also have these strengths, which is because we're slow processes, 
we actually can, we're more futuristic. We can see bigger picture. We think outside the square, so to speak, more than the normal brains. We are more curious. Everything we actually learn, we go, why? We want to know why. Not just because you said so, we want to know why. And so normal brain, normal mind doesn't have that, you know, curiosity like dyslexic brain does. But if you are really struggling with reading, writing and spelling, I would really suggest that you go get yourself tested. Um, so there is a um, different variety, like, you know, different uh, spectrums on uh, neurodiversity. So you can be um, on the autism level or, or spectrum, so to speak. It can be dyslexia. So there are, now we are very fortunate. There are tests everywhere. Um, what I'm trying to really bring awareness to is parents to pay attention to their children. Because if kids are struggling, um, then there is lots of helps available now. There is a lot of ways that they can be taught. You don't have to put them in the school system and have life beaten out of them like I did. And that's literally what happened. Like, you know, I literally thought I'm going to die in the school system because it felt like prison to me. It felt like, you know, people just cla- like teachers classed you as you're stupid, you're dumb, you're lazy, you're not doing your homework, you're not paying attention, you're destructive because they can't see what's going on with you. Like if you have a physical disorder or physical disability, you have an arm missing or an ear missing. I'm, I'm not like saying it in a rude way, but just trying to explain. You see it, you see the person suffering, you see their pain, you sympathize with it. But if you see everything fine with the person and yet their behavior is in this way, you know, destructive is a big sign that they're either on an autism um, spectrum or dyslexic or something's quite unique and, and, and beautiful about this person that needs to be explored more instead of just putting them in a basket that they are, um, you know, um, lazy or, or disobedient or spoiled or entitled, all those things. Because nowadays people are so quick, especially school system and parents, they're so quick to put them in one basket and just go hard work because they don't have time. Like, you know, the amount of hats moms wear now, you know, in comparison to uh, the generation before and the generation before, there were parents, like, you know, there were other mom, like there were mom, there were workers, there were um, wives, three hats. Now, like six, seven hats is normal for a woman to wear, you know. So it is very important to pay attention. If, you, if you're struggling with it and you have never really thought about it, get tested because it is, it is a, um, all, it, it doesn't solve the problem because dyslexia is not something that is, it's not a disease that will go away. There is no cure for it, but you do learn how to manage it. You do learn how to go around all your challenges and you do learn how to embrace it. Like in my case, um, it didn't come naturally to embarrass, um, like to embrace it. I was extremely embarrassed of it. I was extremely, um, you know, um, ashamed of it. I would not, um, I would not just stand up and say things in, in public because I was too scared that, you know, if people knew they would laugh at me because they did in school system. Um, you know, if people knew they will not give me a job because, you know, who wants to hire someone who has trouble with reading, writing and spelling, you know, because those three components are 
pretty much basics for everything in in life you know it's like you have to even simple things like reading a menu to order food you know um and also like you know reading direct in, directions to get places or reading information on on your uh, medicine or whatever to give to your children all these simple things that every normal brain just takes for granted for us it's a challenge and then as a businesswoman and I'm sure most other dyslexic business people have this challenge is that when they're working with someone else, they find that, you know, like if you send me an email with, you know, a thousand words and expect me to reply straight away, I'm not going to get through that. You know, so I actually learned how to educate people to work with me in business sense. You know, so if I hire you as my um, staff or as my colleague or or as my um, whatever, I prefer like a phone call or a, um, a Zoom meeting or a actual physical, you know, conversation instead of emails because reading for us is challenging. So we find when you actually teach yourself different ways of doing things and then you can teach others how to do things with you in work in workspace makes it a lot more easier makes people understand where you're coming from makes people uh, respect you for for you know for educating them how to work with you as well so i mean you know with any challenges there are still challenges there's still people who would even though they know you're dyslexic they still don't understand what dyslexia means so the you know the challenge still stays there they still kind of like tell you to go to their website and fill in the form there instead of just like making it easier and simpler um, we don't like online courses because they don't make sense to us like you know one in five people are dyslexic so i don't like um doing online courses and i don't like giving people online courses so i am all about one to one in person in group personal connection so that is because who that's who i am that's what you know like how my brain is wired but some people love it like normal mind loves it they are programmed that way they process beautifully that way they love it they thrive on it but we don't so again i you know different way of learning um and uh, to to be totally honest the this is something i'm very passionate about to bring as much awareness as possible um because dyslexia as as we said before 20% of the population have it um and that's a big amount but um media doesn't want to know about it they don't really want to talk about it um they don't want to support it they don't want to bring awareness to it in school systems teachers are not equipped to teach children who have this issue parents are not equipped to understand children who have these issues so the more we talk about it the more we can help um you know children especially because that's our next generation like i have already been through the system and have come out the other side feeling like you know a dead person with so much life to live but i have you know like i really felt like i didn't have anything to live for i was yeah. like you know just kind of like um the school teacher's voice just echoes in your head when you know i remember when i was about 8 years old my class teacher said to me that we did a spelling test and i did not get one word right like all the letters were there but in the wrong places and so forth and she said to me you're an embarrassment to this class and as a 8 year old 
there's nothing else you can take from that. You know, like there's no positive way of looking at it. Is there's no way of thinking? No, no, you're wrong. An eight-year-old believes what the teacher says. So that literally, that kind of feedback from teachers year after year after year made my self-esteem about this big. You know, by the time I finished school system, there was no self-confidence left. It was literally beaten out of me. So when you get to that place, you have to make a decision as an adult. What is it that you are going to do from here on? You know, because you can live how the society conditioned you or you can change it. So the choice is now up to you, but the change is always very hard. Yeah, so for you, I want to ask, I have a question about, you know, you've become an author, you you are a writer, uh, you are a speaker, and you said before these types of things that you wouldn't go into. So how was was a a bit of that? Was it... um, I want to prove those teachers wrong and do the, and write a book and, and, you know, be a speaker. Like, is that kind of where it originated? And then you've gone from there or was it just something for yourself? You want to prove to yourself you could do or something else? Yeah. So um, it's a very good question. So like I, the very first thing for me to want to change, like, you know, done being a victim now have to change, take control was, because I didn't want to be the mother that was, because mothers are role models for their children. And I realized I was a role model for my two beautiful daughters. And they're learning from me. They're looking at me, their mums have got no self-confidence. She has got no self-esteem. She's playing a role of victim. And she's, um, you know, not like, it's not the role model you want to be. No, they're you know? watching everything you do. That's why I'm always like with my business. Look, I'm like, well, from one side of things, they don't see me every day until the evening. But on the other side, they see me as a role model who has a business and I'm aspirational. And, and so, yeah, you, you're conscious of kids are very perceptive, right? Absolutely, yes. And they learn from watching you instead of what you say to them. Because I was constantly saying to them, you know, you guys, you girls are beautiful, be confident, be this. But I'm saying all that because I'm not all that, you know, and I wanted to have my children have all that. But that's not how it worked. It it was more like I have to walk the walk and talk the talk for them to follow me in that path. So they, I kind of embarked on this self-discovery journey that, um, you know, grew into self-development. And the biggest part of my self-development was writing this book. And this writing this book was the biggest challenge I would have to face as a dyslexic person, also not just as a dyslexic person, also sharing my story, which is like literally it felt like I was standing naked in the big crowd because you are really raw you are very vulnerable you are letting other people judge and have opinions and everything else um so you know for me by the time I wrote this book I had been on the self-discovery and self-development journey for almost 10 years so when I wrote this book by the time it published I got to that space where I had self-confidence by now. I was very confident in myself. It was the same time as I met you as well. Um, so it was, um, you know, like I, it didn't matter if somebody read my book and had 
opinion about it that wasn't serving me, if you know what I mean, that had um, judged me for whatever their own, um, you know, their own uh, issues are, because that's how we judge people. We judge people from our own issues. Um, So when it published, it was almost like I'm free. Like I'm literally free. I, I am just like I'm out of this prison that I've lived in for such a long time, which was a self-made prison. I just, you know, I didn't want people to see me. I didn't want them to know that I'm dyslexic. I didn't want them to judge me for my reading, writing, mispronouncing things and, um, you know, my grammar, I, all of those things. So when I started blogging, which was which was amazing because the more I blogged, the more people started sending out the fact that I have got spelling mistakes, grammar mistakes, and so forth. So it was instead of stopping and going, okay, no, this is too hard. I'm not going to do this anymore. I kept on going because it was not, for some reason, like obviously hard work is one of the reasons, but my mind shift shifted from, letting them make me feel this big to allowing them for me to grow, you know. So that that shift helped. So their opinion, their feedback, and then it became like a group of women that were just my cheerleaders. They will send me information saying, honey, amazing article, I love it. These are the spelling words you have to change, you know. These are the sentences you have to change. And as a dyslexic woman, it just started to make me feel like some people have my back. Instead of criticizing me and laughing at me, they have my back, you know, where else I still get, you know, people saying some stuff like, you know, the other day I had on Facebook, some woman said that um, a comment of, you know, don't work with her, she's illiterate, you know, and that's how people perceive you because you are making so many spelling mistakes and, and uh, you know, grammar mistakes, they don't understand that dyslexic people do that. Doesn't matter. Yeah. So, with the, pro- the actual, how- I as well, yeah, I want to find out about the writing process. So, with the yeah. book, was did you record your voice and then had transcribed? Did you how? Because obviously, a book is a lot of words. Yes. Um, what's what was your process to make it all? Because then you kind of easily read back on what you just typed or written because yeah. words will jumble around. So I'm really fascinated to hear how was the actual process? <laughs> how did you actually make it happen? Yeah, so it started with um, like nine years of all my journals. So I had kept journals like every day um, I would write on my journals. And again, nobody would ever read my journals because they would never understand what's written in it. But when I started to kind of like come to this place where it's time to put them all together as a book, I started to redo them on the like um uh, like a google voice type sort of thing um which was um amazing in its own technology that had come around again developed uh, a lot of these software spell checks they're all developed by dyslexic people because of what you know the way they struggle so they develop these things um so just like really tiny little baby steps this book had been written over nine years like a normal author will write it in six months 12 months 18 months tops but for me it was nine years and each year that went past was a different level of my self-development and getting to that last part before publishing I had to have 
different people that had to help me with like, you know, um, book mapping. So I had to hire someone for book mapping and then I had to hire someone to write the whole content in um, like in the uh, readable kind of grammar and then edit it in in that sense. So it, it was all done through the same publishing house. He had everything done in the same place. And then, um, you know, they would send it back to me to proofread. Um, and again, <laughs> as a dyslexic woman, you are proofreading. <laughs> so, I and, don't know if I can. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, but, you know, you give it your best shot, right? You, you just got to try and do whatever you can. But that, that's what I mean by when you're working with people who know you're dyslexic and still they don't get it. They just don't get it, you know. Yeah. Um, so, they, like, the first print still has mistakes in it. Um, and when people send me information saying they have spelling mistakes, grammar mistakes, whatever, I actually feel good about it because it is authentically me, you know, like I, it, it is me. So it is accepted. Like it, I accept all the flaws in me. So, you know, before I, I would have died if somebody sent me a message. Saying, well, people, that, it depends how people say it as well. They're like, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, look, it comes from where they are at as well. So if they yes, are jealous yeah, that you have published yes. a book, right, and so they're yes, jealous, yeah. they go, oh, look at these, these you know, you, you published a book, so what? You've got spelling errors in every paragraph or something. That's yeah, about yeah. them. That's not about yeah. you. But if yeah. it's out of kindness, it is, oh, hey, I was just reading a book, loving it, but notice at yeah. the bottom of page 15 that there is a couple of spelling errors. You know, that's yeah. different. Yeah, absolutely. And you and you can tell whether it's coming from love or jealousy. You know, you can tell straight away. And yes, I, and I'm, I am so privileged that, you know, a lot of people now have, you know, gone to spend time to actually get to know me. And they are like my, you know, beautiful cheerleaders, you know, and we, we kind of like look after each other. We kind of like, you know, bounce ideas off each other. So, you know, they, they like the idea of my dyslexic mind. You know, it's quite creative. It's quite innovative. It has got, you know, futuristic style thinking. So they, when they have an idea, they come to me and they go, what do you think of this? You know, is it going to work? How can we move this or change this? And when they walk away from me and they go, did not think of that. Amazing, amazing, amazing. You know, so there's, there's always give and take. So, you know, there, there are challenges and weaknesses in every, everyone's lives. Mine is constant. It's every day. But I now have learned how to focus on all my strengths and really manage all my challenges. And managing is a powerful thing. Like you, you do need to learn that as, as a very powerful thing in business, also a very powerful thing, powerful thing in life because there is no certainty. So, you know, we do need to learn how to manage different challenges as they come along. And for us, it is even great because we have got the tools on how to manage because we have challenges every day on top yes. of everything else that happens in the world. But you know what? It also, the, having these challenges, it means that you can't hide behind emails. You you have to have conversations with people, you know, pick up the phone, um, you know, uh, to connect with people, which, you know, that's one of my things. Uh, so many people just don't pick up the phone or go to networking events. And I love, you know, both those things um, and doing obviously interviews because yes. that's how you really connect. And too many people are still hiding behind emails, which one thing, you know, yeah, you're hiding behind, you're not properly connecting, but 
Yep. You never know if the person at the end is dyslexic and they're maybe missing like the message uh, altogether. Yep. So, um, yes, it's, it definitely you'd be thinking outside the box in terms of. So, like, I want to ask with running your business, how do you keep in touch with your clients? Is it just pure, uh, like phone call and the odd short email and you just advise, call me if you've got a question? Is that how you kind of work it? Yeah, so I've got a few different um, techniques. Uh, my emails are very short and sweet and simple. Um, I have a very open door policy. So ring me if you don't understand something. Um, I do uh, voice recording a lot. Um, I do different short videos a lot. Um, so people can like not just hear me, also understand my vibe. So, you know, my energy, what is it that I'm trying to get to? Um, I am big on one-to-one connection, like real connection, behind, you know, not over the screens and emails and so forth. So uh, phone calls are my still go-to. So people do call me very old school. <laughs> and nowadays, nobody wants to talk on phone. They just don't really, one, they really lack skills on how to speak to someone. Um, two, they just haven't got time, like, that you know there's there's no time in their day to actually make phone calls so i have got like you know during the day certain times of the day i've just got literally blocked out to make phone calls to people and uh, have that you know have that connection to override any confusion with communication um whenever i work with businesses and i ask for a phone call um and they say you know email me or go to my website i don't work with that business because i can't like there not that i don't like his product or or his um you know like for example my book publisher He's been trying to, you know, sell me the marketing side of the book, but it's done. It's done in a way that my mind will not learn it. But he doesn't understand it. He doesn't get it that I am. Obviously, if he read my book, he would know that I'm a dyslexic woman who's not going to learn stuff this way. So, you know, he's like still kind of finding it hard to do business with him, so to speak. Yeah, um, so I'm just thinking. I hope not, the email I sent you for briefing yeah. wasn't overwhelming. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't yeah, too long, much, but yeah, not much. Not much you can do. But this is why, like, I loved it when you left a phone message. You know, saying, "Hey, I'm, I did miss the phone message. I mean, the phone call, but at least the message was there, and there was another way of connection with you." Um, and then there were like you know a few short emails back and forth, and I eventually got there <laughs> with all the information. <laughs> Yes, that's yeah. it. But I, yeah. so I want to just um, to touch upon this. You mentioned the word neurodiversity before, so neurodiversity. Yeah. Um, so what does that mean, and what does that mean like in the workplace? So if some, you know, if there's someone listening and they know one of their staff members has dyslexia and has never really worked at how to make them feel comfortable and work effectively, um, yeah, I want to get your feedback on that. So first of all, what is it, and then how can you? manage others and um, or even clients if you know they've got it yes absolutely it is actually a really powerful question because you know in business we spend so much money on advertising to get clients and then we spend so much money on developing products to sell to clients but if our client has got neurodiversity, so a neurodiversity, again, like, you know, you can have dyslexia, you can be on an autism spectrum, which literally means your brain processes information differently. So when you develop products that we sell, services that we sell, advertising that we do, what we're doing it 
is we're actually targeting normal mind, like literally normal mind. So you're only targeting 80% of the population. The other 20 is not going to come to you because you haven't got that, you know, that the way they connect, you haven't got it in there, so to speak. If you if they did come to you, they will not work with you because you haven't got the, the connection that how they work. Say, for example, in my case, long emails, big no, I'm not going to do it. Online courses, I'm not going to do it. You know, it has to be person-to-person connection. You're, if your everything is technology now is so customized that you fill in this and then next pops up, next pops up, I'm out. I'm not signing up. So you lose them that way. So for a client's perspective, you have to, if you are selling something, you have to learn your client's needs. That would be my advice if you're a business owner. If you don't need the 100% client list, that's fine. You work with 80% and obviously you will still make enough money. Uh, But you will not be able to nurture the other um, you know all the neurodiversity because with autism spectrum they're the same they're like with um, dyslexic our processing is further apart autism is closer together like this is normal they're closer together so closer together makes it fast processing so if you are doing emails that are skim reading they you know if you're if you're doing stuff on internet they have got million and one questions in the middle. So in, if you're doing online courses, they've got million questions in the middle. So you miss them. You haven't answered everything because the questions they're asking, you'd not even think of asking. So you would not cover it in your in your online courses. Um, so basically, literally speaking, most, most of the neurodiverse um, minds, they have got higher IQ. So higher IQ means they they... Think of things that normal brain doesn't think of um, and, and is not able to um, solve or, or create the problem or challenge or solve the problem or challenge. So if you have staff who have got neurodiversity, you should pay attention to them. Get their strengths to work for your business instead of, you know, penalizing them for their spelling mistakes, their grammar, their writing, reading, Uh, you know, get other people who are inclined more to be good readers and writers and spellers um, and use your your neurodiverse team to be more like product development, you know, innovative, creative projects and, and so forth, you know, because they do it really well. This is another thing with with um, with dyslexic mind. We're very empathetic. So when, with our empathy, the way we develop products and services, we develop from the empathy point of view. So it connects with every human because each human has that level of empathy in them. So, you know, a lot of people produce, um, you know, products out there in the market, services and so forth. There is no human connection in there at all you know it's all just like facts and figures and numbers and nobody buys with facts and figures and numbers very limited people work with that everybody works with emotions you know like um, for example the other day I sold a car that I have had for like 15 years it wasn't the car it was the you know my my first daughter's very first ride you know my um, my daughter's very first graduation ride my you know like um 
all those emotions that were attached to that car. It is you never buy the product, you buy the emotion. And this is where dyslexic mind or neurodiversity mind works really well because they get those emotions in there. We are very good storytellers. We tell stories that connects with human because we use all our five senses to process information because one part of the brain is so slow that we need to use all the other senses for that connection to happen. And if we if we use that in our staff, in our you know all all the staff that we have, we just use the the strengths they have to put together the team. Your business is you know, sky's the limit, literally, isn't it? Oh, you know, there's there's no stopping you. But we don't do that. Like school system doesn't do that. Business world doesn't do that. I mean, there's shifting. There's little bit shift here and there because. People like myself, we are like now out there talking about it and, you know, embracing it and empowering other people to, you know, look into this, learn more about it because the population is growing. It is, whether we like it or not, there will be more dyslexic people, more, you know, neurodiverse people on this planet. And the normal system won't work for them. Normal system is still necessary for normal mind because the normal mind still exists, right? So we just need to find a really good balance and really use everybody's strengths and how to make the whole team come together, how to work with the staff, how to work with the customers, how to work with um, outside business world, you know, how to have friend conversations, like friend connections and how to work in your own family. You might not connect with someone because their mind might be, brain might be uh, wired differently you know and you just always say oh that's the black sheep of the house or, or the family you know but yeah, that's it's like don't look for the yeah don't look for the issues look for the potential yeah. like that's yeah, that's ultimately what it comes down to isn't it it's, it's yeah. just don't um yeah put them in the box saying oh they've got that hat on that's you know dyslexia and they just, yeah. you know you see them as being beneath you or something no yeah. it's like well if they're struggling in that particular role or, or, or something then maybe they're better use elsewhere that will let them think outside the box because that just sounds like such an awesome creative mind I love all that stuff you know um and and being different to everyone else because that's where the ideas will come from and that will help your business grow and yes so fine if they're struggling in a particular role if it's an admin role for something you know um maybe it needs to be elsewhere like there's the project management the product development um, Absolutely, I yeah. love it. Yeah, this stuff is so fascinating. I keep talking about it. Um, but yeah, it, where could people get a test done? You said before about getting a test. So is, do you just type in um, dyslexia tests or something in your state? Yeah, there, there is a lot of information online for, for it. If you Google up, you know, tests for dyslexia, um, there, there are a lot more thorough tests nowadays as well. In school systems, a lot of tests available through school systems. And the uh, main one that is um, really like very powerful is through your counseling system, like psychologists and so forth. Um, and they will do, you know, the ins and outs of everything that they need to do um, to make sure that they don't misdiagnose you. So, you know, like a lot of people say, oh, I'm bad speller, so I'm dyslexic. Not necessarily. No, um, you know, don't self-diagnose. It is extremely dangerous to do that. It is very important to have the facts and figures to make sure that you are one um, because, you know, a lot of people um, start to have false identity, which is, you know, which is not what I am promoting. I just want make, to make sure. Because when people hear the strengths of dyslexia, 
the wannabe dyslexic, you know. <laughs> but to be totally honest, it is not a, I wouldn't wish it on my enemy. It is challenge every day. We we challenge from the minute we wake up to the minute we go to bed because everywhere you turn around, you have to read, you have to write, you have to spell, you know. Uh, sometimes I'm putting a post on, I, I use different word because I still can't spell that word, you know. So, yes. so there's, there's so much frustration, so much energy drained in, in, in that fact. But then other things come so easily to us. Yeah, so, so I guess yeah. it's the, the identity thing, right? So you don't yes. let it drag your your true identity down. You embrace yes. it and go, all right, yes, this is something, but I, I I know how to manage it. I know I yes. find the ways to manage it. If you don't know how to manage it yourself, you obviously get support to do it. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I know. Yeah, I know. Just uh, dyslexia um, counselors and coaches and things like that. And it's it's just yeah. maybe that's what you need. Um, but yes. don't let it affect you. Just embrace it and go. Cool. How can I make the most of this? Uh, you know, the, the opportunities that this absolutely uh, brings absolutely. me. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I've actually had this conversation. So cool. Um, and so because, yeah, it's, it's opened up, like, my understanding of what dyslexia was. I was just like, oh, they struggle to read, they just avoid reading or writing completely, and then they can get along with life. But, you know, yeah, the fact that yeah. someone like you. It but it's, it's also managed. like a lot of people think dyslexic people are stupid and they are dumb. Like they're not smart. That it's far from it. Like they're a lot more smarter. Like their IQ is much, much higher than normal mind, but they're a lot more smarter in terms of problem solving, like critical thinking and, and all, all these other things that you would not even think that they can do, you know, sort of a, a, it's, it's almost like a, a blessing in disguise in the yeah. same package, if you know what I mean. I love but so cool. most people don't actually, like dyslexic people, don't actually use it because they don't know they have it. Um, a lot of dyslexic people, sadly, they end up in jail. They, they drop out from school. They end up being drug addicts. They end up being alcoholic. They end up just just because the system has bitten it out of them. You know, like not everyone has been blessed like me to come out the other end and be successful in life. And that's why I want to do this now that, you know, to bring this awareness that a lot of people through school system, when they're dropping out from year nine, year 10, they're not stupid. They just don't learn the way school teaches them. They're not lazy either. You know, they're kids. And if we don't educate ourselves how to help them, we're gonna, they're gonna go into that little, you know, that gap that there's no coming out, you know, they yeah. end up, the, 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 the smartest mind pretty much in every country is sitting in jail. So how sad is that? You know, like yes. not everyone in jail is smart, but there are a, a, like a percentage of those kids and, and adults that should not be there. They are yeah. very smart. They just haven't had the opportunity to, to enhance their strengths yes. and nobody and has really funnel it. Yeah, like yes. put, yeah funnel yeah. things into Absolutely. where the, the strengths yeah. are um awesome i love it and so i do ask all my guests this um uh, and is how do you manage your health and wellness yes health is wellness to be totally honest if you don't have health there is no wellness I am a creature of habit because my brain is wide in a way that I need to ground myself. So I do a lot of meditation. Um, that is my daily ritual. I do a lot of um, me time. So like people take me time away once a year. I take me time away once a day. Um, 
I do a lot of uh, yoga, like, um, you know, yoga, not like spaghetti turning back up and down, more breathing and releasing and exercising and just being. Um, and, you know, what you put in your mouth is extremely important. I don't eat to be a size two, but I do eat to have very uh, productive energy in my body. So I eat well, I drink well, and I have a very balanced kind of life. So if I want to have a glass of wine, I will. If I want to have, you know, um, green juice, I will. It doesn't have to be only this or that. You know, it's just a very nice balanced life. Um, and again, you know, laughing a lot, reading a lot. So you nurture your mind, you nurture your heart, you nurture your uh, body, you know, you, you nurture your um, spirit. So you, it's a good balance to have all that. So, yes, um, to answer your question, meditate, yoga, sleep well, eat well, drink well, and have good laughs. laughs with, laugh is powerful. Just, yes, so you know. true, so true. So, and I, I, if I, yeah, if I've gone a day without laughing, then I'm obviously in a really low place. But I'm always making yeah. fun of myself or just finding uh, if I'm feeling a bit low. All right, I'm gonna put on a comedy, a TV show, or something. I, yeah, because yeah, that's yeah, that, that's really important for me as well. I said uh, to people, laugh till you start crying because oh, that the is best. like really <laughs> coming from you know. And you should hear my daughter's laugh. It's like contagious <laughs> I love it I love it and how can people connect with you so I'm on social media Facebook Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter so you can look up um, Yugita Ridgely or you can look up traveling with me myself and I you will find me on those platforms um, I do have a website so traveling with me myself and I.com and um yeah all the contact details are on my website with phone um so i love phone calls (laughs) and emails i will read it i might not read as fast as everybody else but i will read it and i will personally reply to it um and uh, yeah so um you know sms all of those Million and one ways now, isn't it? Isn't I isn't know. technology amazing? It's not just write me a letter. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get my fan you mail. Can post it too. <laughs> yes. Oh, thank you so much. I've loved our chat today. This is really a broader my understanding of dyslexia and neurodiversity thank for sure, you. and hopefully it has helped listeners as well. Um, so thank you to listener for tuning in. You can find show notes to the episode at marketingandme.com today. You, if you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and leave me a rating and a review by your podcast app at ratethispodcast.com slash marketing and me and if you're interested in connecting with me feel free to reach out via linkedin just search for leanne shelton and let me know you listen to the episode and if you want to learn more about generating leads or outsourcing your copywriting head to my website righttimemarketing.com.au or book in a free 15 minute chat until next time i wish you good health and good wealth